Hello, and welcome to the Trail and Adventure Motorbike Podcast. With me, Clive Barber, and my good mate, Noel Tom. For the days when you can't ride your bike, there's always the Trail and Adventure Motorbike Podcast. Welcome to part two of our trip planning podcast. We're back with Greg Villalobos and Paul Jennings. We've also decided that we're going to need a part three, which is going to focus on some of the kit you're going to need to travel and to ride in and to stay safe. Please let us know what else you'd like us to cover. We're more than happy to jump onto any subject matter you think would be of interest to everybody. Right, let's get on with it. I guess a couple of the big things that affect your planning is where you're going to stay or how you're going to sleep and how you plan to eat as well because those are two quite big factors. We tend, whenever we go away, we're camping because we can't afford hotels and bed and breakfasts and things like that. I'm not camping because I can't afford it. And I'm not saying that because I want to be like, oh, I've got money. I'm saying that because I want to camp. I want to you know have that rustic experience I, I i choose to have that experience as opposed to i'm doing it because actually i can't afford to stay in a nicer place a night so, of mild discomfort is more adventurous than putting your head on a sumptuous pillow yeah neither of them are right and neither of them are wrong i don't think and there's probably a if i think back to trips i've done i'd like to throw a bit of both in Never, never a sumptuous pillow because I can't stand wasting money on expensive hotels, but I'll quite happily stay in a hotel for a night to get everything dried out and cleaned again, as long as I know the next night I'll be back in my tent. Because that's where the fun is, around the campfire. It's like your yeah. coffee stops. Yeah, and it, you don't always get to have a campfire. Sometimes it is a bit grim, but honestly, it's because we don't live in a in a difficult world at the moment. Everyone has got quite a lot of comfort in my social circle, at least. And I'm fortunate enough to live like that. Like a lot of us are, a lot of people that listen to this will be. And I think having stripping that away is kind of quite important. Going you know, back to your caveman then. mentality. There's an ele- there's got to be an element of that in it, I think. We're all into this thing called adventure motorcycling. If you're going to do it and you're not doing it out of necessity because you don't have other options and you're doing it out of recreation, then surely the adventure experience is all about taking everything you need on your bike, camping and moving on. And anything else that's uh, that takes you further away from that makes it less adventurous, if definitely that's what adds, you want. Definitely adds to the sense of freedom to it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Bikes, and, bikes and tents go together very well. Bikes and tents and hip flasks. I do remember one day in Europe, we'd been riding for about eight hours and it just rained Yeah, for eight hours. And we were in Luxembourg and we got to a campsite and I just happened to say to the guy, you don't have like a cabin or something like that we could sleep in, do you? And he went, yeah, I think I do. And it was just like, right, we're in the cabin. We were absolutely drenched. I thought of another six hours sleeping in a, in a small tent that was absolutely drenched. You just hit a nail on the head there, Clive. The key to what? made that night work was you spoke to somebody i've had a similar night in a storm in the alps couldn't see where i was going so i took the next exit off the road which was a farm track and drove straight into the cow shed long story short slept in the cow shed because i spoke to the farmer an 80 year old french woman and she let me sleep in there and (laughs) i think you've got to do that on any trip if you you've got to speak to the locals and you've got to try to speak the lingo even if it's just hello goodbye and thank you 
but by conversing with people, you'll experience something new, I think. You're going away for a week. What sort of things are you going to be taking with you? What's on your packing list? And do you have a packing list? Because I have a packing list and I have the same, I've had the same packing list for the last 15 years and it changes slightly every time. But I find it really helpful. So you just tick everything off once you've put it in a bag and move on. What's on your list? Always, always earplugs, not just for riding, but for the nighttime when the person in the tent next door to you is a snorer. Good one. Yeah, I'm terrible at sleeping. Quite often you get off the bike and, and it's like, oh, I want to be the first to put the tent up. And I just hang back and I wait until everyone's put their tent up. And then I just turn around and go 100 yards in the other direction and put my tent off over there. <laughs> like a really antisocial fucker. Sleep for me is like hanging off a cliff of consciousness. And at any point, my fingertips will go and I'll be awake. Jesus is turning into a therapy <laughs> session. Yeah. <laughs> sleep for me is literally like that. It's it's really bad. So I, I do sleep quite well in tent. If you've not done it before, it takes a bit of getting used to. I think maybe I sleep well because actually it's normal. I don't know about you guys, but it's normal in a, in a when you're sleeping on a, a mattress on the floor in a tent to not get a solid eight hours sleep. You kind of, you get a bit stiff in one position. You wake up, you roll around. There's a bit of a noise. You wake up, you wake up. So it's like the, your night is a series of interruptions. That's because you don't take a pillow. I am going to have such an argument with you now, Clive. You've got a pillow without taking a pillow. Do you put your clothes in dry bags? I do, yeah. There's yeah. your pillow. Do you Agreed. take a T-shirt with you? Yeah. Okay, so put all your clothes you're not wearing in your dry bag and roll it up, and then put your dry bag in a T-shirt. Your T-shirt is now your pillowcase. And why would you take a pillow on a motorbike where real estate is at such a prime? <laughs> He's a gadget man. He's a gadget man, Paul. It's because it's really comfy, and you can put your head on it at night and go. Nah, you're not. You're not drinking. It, you're not drinking enough before you get in your sleeping bag, mate. <laughs> Well, this is, that's going with this lot. They don't hardly drink at all, so... No, I do, I do exactly the same thing, Paul. I would never take a, a pillow. I'd have a bit, like you say... Take I, a I pillow, a everybody. Pillow. Take a what pillow. What is a pillow? It's a stuffed bag. You can stuff your own bag. No, it's got feathers and... Oh, my ...foam God. and down and... No room. Every trip I've lovely. been on with you, Clive, you've ended up, like, making a point or comment about a, a substantially large thing in your bag that you shouldn't have brought. Well, that, that's one of my next questions, because it's... So that's my luxury item. Does anybody else have a luxury item that you take with you, just for your comfort, that you could possibly leave at home? Um, waterproof pyjamas. <laughs> why the fuck have you got waterproof no, they're, they're, pajamas? Okay, so they're not waterproof pajamas so greg's just if if it makes it into the edit when greg went off on a self-help um rant just a minute ago talking about his bedtime routine my routine is is the opposite get the tent up as soon as possible and then get out of your riding gear as soon as possible and i know people that will sit around until they go to bed in their wet dirty muddy riding gear but i like to get out of mine and my waterproof long johns are a set of waterproofs from my days when I used to run up and down mountains. They're very lightweight and I put a pair of long johns and a base layer underneath them and I can sit out and be completely windproof. And if it does start raining, don't have to panic. You heard it here first, folks. Waterproof pyjamas. It's a thing. I don't sleep in them, though. But it's all about getting comfortable after a day's riding so that you can enjoy that banter a bit more. And I just... And a spare pair of, always have a dry spare pair of socks somewhere in your kit. The clothes thing is really interesting, isn't it? Because 
that's one thing I learned fairly quickly. People just take too many clothes with them. You don't. You need effectively one other set of clothes, like you said. Get out of your riding gear. Get into something out, and that's all you need. Maybe two pairs of pants. Yeah, wash one, wear one. That's the that's the routine. How long are you going away for? Who are you going to be around? If you're just around your friends and you're not trying to impress anyone, just go smelly. The only reason I would take extra clothes is in case I got wet and then it's actually uncomfortable. But in terms of like personal hygiene, do not give a flying fuck. I'm leaving that door on Monday and I'm not going to be back until Sunday. And whatever happens between then and then, uh, in terms of like how smelly I am, I can put up with it. And if I'm going with friends, they're just going to have to put up with it. Can we take this conversation offline? Because we do need to talk to you about that. (laughs) Whenever you want. (laughs) The first person to complain about it is talking right now. You know when you um, came to my house after your Welsh trip and you hadn't washed for a week and you got straight into a brand new bed with a brand new mattress. (laughs) I think I had a shower. Brand new sheets do. You made a shower. shower. (laughs) I said, do you mind if I grab a shower? And I thought, thank God for that. He had a shower the next morning. <laughs> Dirty little boy. <laughs> but it depends like how much you want to go on that whole thing of light is right and taking kind of less gear. For me, there's a limit to how light I can go because I've got loads of camera gear. And so I've got that extra kind of weight and space that needs taken up by my tools. But I still want to go super light. So I have a spare set of kit, but like I said, it's largely down to to getting wet, and that's why I would change it. Shoes is another one. So far, I've always used Crocs. Very, very uncool. There's no weight to them, and they pack down fairly small. But they don't pack down small. Crocs are massive. You're right, actually. That's why I've just bought some sandals. I think Greg has the top tip for footwear. My top tip is have small feet. Like yeah, oh, the, <laughs> you've got the gym trainers. Yeah, yeah. They're like innovate gym trainers and they like literally fold down really small. The only problem with any of that stuff is in the morning when it, there's a lot of dew on the grass, even if it's not been raining and it's been really lovely weather, whatever you've got on your feet is going to get wet and then it'll be wet when you put it away. So you just got to be kind of a bit mindful. I, that's why I think actually flip-flops are quite good, good, but they're not always that. Yeah, sometimes you just want your feet covered, don't you? Yeah. But then mornings, you would, I think mornings you would generally wake up in a tent. My experience would be to get your bike gear on, get your bike yeah. boots on. Your leisure wear is probably not going on first thing, is it? When we did Wales last, I had shorts. I took shorts. So I didn't take any spare trousers. I took shorts. Again, because they're half the size of trousers. But the thing that I didn't factor on is the midges. So actually, I got quite, it's, sometimes it's quite, if you're going to be out and you can't get out of, outside we don't get inside and you're spending a lot of time outside being able to fully cover your arms and legs can be quite handy i think so much of this packing thing comes down to almost visualization of, of trying to anticipate what the environment's going to be like what you're going to need you just got to almost think through the whole thing in your head before you go and, and work it all out i don't have a list like you clive i sort of approach each time like it's the first time but it always amuses me that i can spend like two weeks packing for a trip where I'll pretty much get all the things I think I need as if I'm doing it for the first time, put them in a bag and then just spend two weeks taking stuff out of that bag and working out what I can, the bare essence of what I can get it down to. Two things on that. A, get a fucking list. No, no, I disagree. B, I haven't finished yet. I can edit you out. <laughs> what, of the whole thing? Of the whole podcast? <laughs> That'd be awesome if you could. I've forgotten what B was now. <laughs> Your point about pack a bag and then 
take it all out again and go through it again and just take everything out that you're not going to use is another good exercise as well. The thing is with the whole list thing is, yes, so if you get it right, great. But actually, I find each trip, it's quite a creative experience. And I quite like, I don't have a list either. And I just like putting stuff out, trying, okay, well, this is not my only trip. I'm going to be doing lots of trips. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's see if this works better than that. And kind of always be trying to changing it. And there's some stuff that's always kind of the core stuff might always be there, but largely. No wonder you guys never get anything done. Get a no. list. No, I agree with all of that. That's but, but the list, the, the list if does you, change if you, for each If you trip, rely on your list, then you just do the same thing every time and you forget to like change no, your the... fucking oil on your bike yeah. or whatever. You know, every like. Uh, no, like <laughs> But, no, but like no, Noel said, but every, every, no, every time you approach it new because yeah. it is it is kind of new every time. It's an evolutionary yeah. it's an evolutionary process, isn't it? The list exactly. evolves. The list the evolves. And you might have a master list. Have two lists. Have a master list, <laughs> and then subdivide it to what you need for the forthcoming trip. Excel, mate. There's all kinds of wizzy with things you can do in there. You can have graphs to represent how often you've actually used something that's on the list. Yeah. So I think yeah. my only luxury that when I when you said to think of luxuries, the only luxury I could think of was chocolate. I mean, that's not a luxury. That's like you know, you just stop at a cafe and yeah, but I think get a bar of chocolate. Like. That's just my little campsite treat is chocolate. Yeah, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Always a flask of whiskey because beer is too bulky to carry, and I think you. I mean, I don't drink at home, but. Get off the bike. <laughs> you the don't drink your own. I don't. I don't. Why, why do none of us believe you? <laughs> that actually explains why you drink so much when you're not at home. <laughs> like, fucking hell. What about food? People take food. Uh, I always like, I always feel very reassured to have an emergency meal or two. And by that, you mean Uncle Ben's, don't you? Yeah, yeah, but just something that you've always got. So no matter if it goes, if the goes completely tits up you are going to eat tonight that's rubbed off on me i kind of turned my nose up for that like when we first started going out riding but actually i'm totally totally down with that man you just it's like an it's like a generator in a power cut you're just immune to to disaster yeah and it doesn't have to be the best tasting food my iceland trip a couple of nights i just had some noodles with a cup of soup and it was fine. It's yeah. just about getting something in your stomach. Helps you sleep. Gives you energy for the next day. It doesn't have to be fine dining. You can pack a lot of food into a very small space if you use your imagination and take dried stuff. For, for me, part of going, certainly when you're going abroad, is to go and, and enjoy the food. Now, whether you buy food at the supermarket or whether you actually try and eat out, which is normally what we, we try and do, I think you should absolutely do that. But there will be occasions when you end up staying somewhere and you get there late or there just isn't anywhere open then you've got your emergency ration food or your, your uncle ben's and you've got a meal with some hot water i think to but to try and take food for your whole trip is would would be ludicrous so on a, on a five-day trip i might take two or three emergency meals with me and that'd be it so on that hot water point when i when we went around i can't remember which trip it was but i've done trips where it's like right let's go ultralight and i kind of was like well in order to have a coffee in the morning, look at the. So, say you've you got small panniers and you look at how much gear you need to pack to have a hot coffee. So, you need, a, you need gas, a stove, a mug, and a, and a pot of some description, which takes up 
that can take out a third of your luggage just for that. And I went without it. And I was always like, especially like riding around the UK, you're like, oh, well, you just get up in the morning, you ride to a coffee shop or whatever. And I guess you kind of could do that if you're on your own. But if you have other people and everyone else has had their coffee and no one really wants to go to a coffee shop. I've done that. And I'm not saying I would never do that again if, if weight and space were really important on a certain kind of trip. I actually relented a little bit on the last one and made a point of kind of having a cook kit and it the comfort level of that shared drink in the morning and actually being able to have a hot um, Uncle Ben's in the evening. I, I found that that was worth it. And again, it's not a third, is it? You know, you're, you're the stuff. Well, it, was, it was like, I've got it behind me. This is like that. I know that this is no use for a podcast, <laughs> but that's, but that, that, that's kind of got. That looks everything. big. That looks like the size of a shoebox. It's half a shoebox. You can reduce so, that. You can, you can reduce, reduce that. that I you can half, half that. Yeah, half that. <laughs> A jet you, boil, and you're done. You say that. The whole thing could be sort of the size how of two. You want to do it. Yeah, I'd say the whole thing could be the size of two cups, including your tiny gas cylinder. Well, so that's that's a pot, a, a pot, and this is no good for pot. No, but it's, a, it's a pan with a so, gas canister you know, in it. Like that. But still, yeah. it takes up a bit of room. I guess the point there is actually my luggage is quite small. Yeah. Like it, it, you, it, could also, you could also ditch the bag that the cooking gear goes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great bargains to be had cookware-wise, on Alibaba. Is it Alibaba, the Chinese... Uh, oh, the AliExpress, is it? Whatever it is. AliExpress, yeah. Some real bargains, if you don't mind risking losing all of your money. You can buy, you know, like a titanium cook pot and mug for about eight quid. Okay, so, right, this is this is titanium. It's not Alibaba. It's Alpkit. And I would never buy one of these again because, yeah... Because it burns like, your mouth. Fucking hell, they're so light, which is amazing... But you put anything hot in here, you can't drink it till it's cold. <laughs> so, like, it completely defeats the point. So don't go titanium. Unless you've got a, an extra cup as well. You can eat out of them, though, couldn't you, with a spoon? I don't think we really need to talk about bike prep because we did that to death in the last, in the beginner's guides. So you'll, you'll quite happily talk about bike prep, but not necessarily... <laughs> Is, is that is that the message you want listeners to take away do as i say not as i do i'd hate to sound like a tory politician but we need to move on that's old news what the public want to hear about is not bike prep preventing piss poor performance yeah it's fair enough a torch you need a torch head torch do need a head torch but don't forget your phone's always got one but so have we sort of covered top tips from people yeah talk about your top tips i need a wee no what's your top tip for camping? well the only thing that's really changed for me in the last few years is taking a battery bank something to sort of charge up either at a hotel that you've just got a handy store of power or charge it off the bike during the day i find it really luxurious to be able to be in my tent at night and to be able to charge my phone and my camera at my leisure through the night in the tent and having a little anchor power pack as I do is great for that. I I am yet to have been on a European trip with friends where I have had to charge anything off the bike. Everyone like goes on about, oh, I need to put this USB charger on the bike and da 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 da. And you know, in theory, yeah, I could see that you charge your your battery, your power bank while you're riding but if you've got a, a power bank that's big enough that lasts like a few days and i charge all my camera gear off it you just go and like plug it in in the toilet for like an hour when you're at the campsite or when you go and have lunch at a cafe you just go would you mind if i plug this in i've never ever ever been stuck i've never had to charge anything off the bike 
other than my GPS unit, which is always plugged in. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I've got the option to charge it off the bike, but I can't remember a time I have. It's always just been done by yeah. stealing electricity from somewhere. It's got to be, for me, it's got to be dry bags. Even if your panniers are supposedly waterproof, still stick everything in a dry bag within your pannier. Is this a compression my... dry bag as well or just a dry bag? Yeah, yeah. You, you chuck everything in it and you sit on it to squeeze all the air out, then you roll it up. Yeah, it, one, it keeps things neat and tidy and as small as possible, but also for when you inevitably, or rather when I inevitably drop my motorbike in a river, everything's still dry. My other top tip is down sleeping bag. Took me years to discover that down sleeping bags are sort of worth the investment because they just, just aside from how warm they are, they just go down to absolutely nothing. And so many times you see people's sleeping bags that just fill up a pannier and it just doesn't need to be like that. They can go down to absolutely nothing. I think this is the thing with, with motorcycle camping is it's not the weight of things, it's the size of things that makes the difference. Part of my job is like giving a lot of advice about this stuff. So I kind of assume that everyone knows this stuff. Like you, Paul, saying like dry bags. I find it crazy that some people might not use dry bags, but I guess there are people out there that have never done it before and don't appreciate actually how important they are because I don't even see my dry bags anymore because... They're just like, yeah, of course. But that's not the same for some people. Down bags, that was a real revelation for me on the last trip, being able to kind of save that space, which was really, really good. I feel sorry for people that haven't realised yet that carrying heavy stuff on their back is not the way to go on multi-day trips. You kind of see people with a rucksack with loads of heavy gear in, and you're just like, you know, it's not going to kill you. It's fine, but... you would have a much more pleasant experience if all you were carrying on your back was a water you know your bladder yeah i mean and i don't i don't even put my bladder in a a rucksack anymore i just put the bladder in the luggage and and put the pipe sticking out of the luggage so i can still get access to it without it makes a massive difference having the weight off your back and i know from experience because i've done it heavy before and uh yeah it's much more yeah you get much less fatigued by having less on your body that's an interesting point you mentioned your bladder now, because I noticed on the last trip, after all these years, that you only take, your only water carrier is your bladder. Yeah, I gave everyone a really hard time for buying bloody plastic bottles all the time when they could just fill up a bladder from a, a garage water supply. Good top tip. My other top tip is is the sleeping thing is really important. So the Dan sleeping bag, you can quite often get them in sales for a reasonable price, but also get yourself a decent mat as well to sleep on because just getting a decent night's sleep makes a world of difference to your trip decent sleeping bag and a decent mat you don't need anything else do you clive <laughs> apart from a pillow look luxury item my pillow folds up smaller than noel's bar of chocolate fuck the tent you don't need a tent <laughs> you don't you don't if you've got a tarp and knows where and when you're going have you can i just ask a question about a tarp paul do you ever i always wonder how you stop water if it rains like crazy how do you eliminate the risk of sort of water just running right under your bed? You, uh, well, you're getting into geology now, aren't you? You don't. <laughs> you don't. I hope you haven't noticed. Um, so what, is it, do you just take a chance? You, you must look at the, the lie of the land. How many, how many times have you slept under a tarp? Well. <laughs> being, being, as, as we're such authorities, we're making a podcast. Three nights three times three nights <laughs> two of those were in torrential rain and there was enough grass and enough soil underneath to soak it all up but i think yeah if you were doing it in the middle of the winter and the ground was saturated and it started raining you'd be pretty miserable wouldn't you and it depends where you're going to go as well if you go into spain in the summer chances are austin Vince, watch his videos and you get six people 
sleep. He never uses a tent, does he? Yeah, but it's fine if you go and then or somewhere in the Pyrenees. Uh, anyway, like I'm in no great rush to be sleeping next to three other snoring men under a top. Like I just need to be on my own. Come on, Greg. Come on. No, look, the whole point of traveling for me is to be around people, but hanging on by my fingernails, <laughs> I might as well just grease them up with fucking Vaseline and like slip down the cliff face of sleep. Oh, Vaseline, that's better than what you where you were going with that. <laughs> What about the the old, what, what have you often taken and never used? My answer to that would always want to be my toolkit. I think you've got to take the yeah. toolkit. Otherwise, you're being irresponsible to your co-travellers if you're with other people or you're just asking for trouble. I couldn't think of anything else other than the toolkit. The only thing that sprung to mind for me was camera. The amount of times I've taken a proper camera away with me thinking, no, I'm definitely going to need a proper camera for those great shots. And invariably, just have always used the phone and have come back with three pictures on the huge camera that I've carted around. So it's always camera for me. And I'll take it away next time, probably. I still feel the pressure to take it. Well, you That's don't big... need to, like, if you're going with people that are taking photos. I'm not so bad now, but it always used to be just taking too many clothes. And you just always have stuff that you don't wear. We've all got those adventure spec Baltic jackets. And quite often, I always, I always bring that with me. You can wear it in the evenings or during the day, but if it's warm, you don't even need that. In the summer, in warm climates, you can take so much less. When we go to Spain in springtime, and if we're going up into the mountains, it'll probably get cold, so we'll need to kind of cover all those bases. Stuff for me, my Kindle, I always kind of think I'm going to do a lot of reading, but I, I don't. What's that face for, No. Kindle, you take a no, Kindle no, with you. Like, I can't even see the bottom of his chin. It's dropped out of frame. <laughs> That's like, incredible. I take my Kindle too. That's what gets me to sleep at night normally. I set it up by the side of my head on a little A-frame thing and I can read until and I'll just fall asleep reading. I've stopped taking that now. And then I do confess that when we did our Northern Europe trip, so I've got the KTM and it hasn't got... Um, it, has, it hasn't got a key to it. So I had a small bicycle lock, which I took, which I didn't use, which surprised me, but we were never away from the bikes. All you really need to do in terms of security is make sure that someone else's bike is more nickable than yours, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so if you've got the most nickable bike, then you're at like the lowest hanging fruit. So you're at risk. But just being able to take a key out does add some protection, but not a lot in theory. If someone wanted to rock up in a white van, they'd have whatever you whatever's there because i'm considering putting my ktm back into action as my adventure bike and i'm kind of thinking about putting an ignition barrel on it i don't know if it's just like false security i don't know depends what kind of trip it is you know if you're going to go somewhere and, and lock it up and go into a city to kind of have a little wander around and have some food and be away from the bikes then yeah. you kind of you want to chain it up well you're going to be more you're either not going to do that or you're going to be quite wary about where you leave it, you know. I've taken a little one litre extra fuel carton with me, and I took that to our first European trip, and I didn't use that at all in the end, because if you're in yeah. Western Europe, certainly, there's not a problem getting fuel. Even on a KTM with a relatively small fuel tank, it was never an issue. Everyone loves getting carried away. And, I, you know, I'm not even saying carried away. You just get excited, don't you? Because you want to you, – you build the bike and your gear based on – the life that you want to have adventure life that you want to have a lot more than the life that you are going to have you know and that's like why like so noel's crf like rally is a great choice you know because actually noel's made peace with the fact that 
it's as much as he needs for the kind of riding he's going to do. But that says a lot about this idea of being kind of quite open and honest with kind of the the experience I'm going to have as opposed to the experience that I want to have. And the experience I want to have is to go and ride the Dakar. So I'm going to get the Dakar bike because that is one step closer to the dream I've got, even though I'm only going to be riding it round the Cotswolds, you know, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because if that's what, you know, the whole point of getting on your bike and going having adventures is that it makes you happy and that it tickles something inside you that, you know, you want to tickle, you know, and that's fine. So Noel can bring his Dakar bike, (laughs) but I can't even bring my fucking pillow. Here endeth part two. Uh, We've realised there's so much we haven't covered yet. Good news is there's going to be a part three. Part three is going to cover things like helmets, body armour, what boots you should wear, what tent you need, and all that kind of good stuff. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really appreciate what we do, you could consider supporting us on Patreon or buy us a coffee. Links are available on our website, which is tampodcast.com, tampodcast.com, where we also have a limited selection of branded stuff. But either way, please keep listening and spreading the word. See you next time.